Good morning. It's my joy to welcome you here to our service here at Attridge. My name is Reg Taves. I'm the transitional lead pastor here. And it's been my delight almost, almost, all, over almost the last year to be here with you. And uh, it's hard to believe it feels like that time has gone so quickly uh, for me. And I, maybe that's gone quickly for you as well. As we start the Advent uh, season, we, uh, we want to focus this morning on, on hope. And so if you have a Bible or your app, if you want to turn to Luke chapter 1, to the text that was read for us by grace, uh, if you would look there at verses 26 to 38, that's what we're going to be diving into this morning, and just talking about what is this good news of hope. So our children's musical this year is called Good News, and I thought, what a great thing for all of us to spend some time thinking about, praying about, engaging in, and it's this idea of good news. So whether you're here in person or you're watching online, we want to be part of this good news that God is calling us to do, or calling us to, to live out. So our focus is on this good news. Now, I don't know about you, how many of you like to watch the news? You like to, how many of you watch, I mean, you may not like to watch the news, but some of you are, I'm sure, are junkies, like you're constantly watching the news. I try to do it like once a day, because I get enough bad news in, uh, in about 20 minutes on my app that I don't need to, to do any more than that. But the news, you, I don't know if you've noticed, the news is all about bad news, right? Like they just want to tell us all the hard, difficult, painful things that are going. Once in a while they do a good news story, which is, always makes us all feel a little bit better. But it sort of feeds that cycle of bad news, and with it comes anxieties and fears and we live in a world where anxiety and fear are just so real for so many people. And, I, and that's why as we look at this morning and we look at what is good news, I believe good news is found in hope. Good news can be lots of things. Like good news could be the sign of a new job. Good news could be a fresh start somewhere. Good news is the birth of a baby. Like there's lots of good news events that take place. And as we think about good news, this morning we want to focus in on hope that is part of this good news. Now hope is, is, is a noun and it means a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Now we're coming up to Christmas Day and Probably if you have children or if you have grandchildren or if you have a significant other, you're thinking about what do I get them as a gift? Anybody challenged with that? If you're, if you're like me, I, I am terrible. Uh, I, I have been, I've learned not to leave things to the last minute. But I have had Christmases where Christmas Eve, I am prowling through the mall trying to find that right gift for my wife. And it's like, I just don't know what that should be. Yet. And, and the anxiety of, what do I get them? Now, if you're on the other side of that, and you're sitting there going, I expect a certain gift. Anybody have that experience? You know, like, I've told you what I want. <laughs> I, I expect you to deliver. Uh, there's a, I remember one Christmas, my, uh, uh, one of my siblings, who will remain unnamed because she may watch this, and I know my parents will, but one of my siblings had asked for a red Corvette for Christmas. And my parents decided they were going to deliver on a red Corvette. 
And I remember them giving her a red Corvette for Christmas. It was about that big. I will tell you that she was disappointed. And it became something for me, not for her. Because she was like, that's not exactly what I had in mind. But they delivered on that expectation. So hope is this expectation. All of us need hope to continue to live healthy and productive lives. But where does hope come from? It is certainly living with the expectation of something that could change or be better. There's this acronym that goes like this. Hope is holy optimism placed in the eternal. Holy optimism placed in the eternal. In the text that was read for us today from Luke 1, we see a hope that is finally fulfilled. So let's unpack that. For the past 300 years before this text happened, there was the prophets were speaking into the nation of Israel and they were saying, here's where your hope needs to be. This is what you need to be thinking about, what you need to be considering. You need to be looking toward. This is where you've gone wrong and this is where things are going to get better. And then for 300 years, it was dead silent. There were no more prophets. There was, that nobody was hearing anything from God. And yet they were waiting with hope and expectation for something to take place. What were they waiting for? They were waiting for the coming of a Savior to rescue them from oppressors. And they were looking to the prophets to tell them when. And they didn't get an actual date. But as we read the text from this morning, we read things are starting to happen. So there is this hope for the nation of Israel. I would suggest to us, even for us, there's hope from looking at the past. Looking at the past. We can hope when we look back to see where God was at work and how he worked in the past. The prophets did exactly that. So let me point us this morning very briefly to one of the final prophets, the last one in the writings, Malachi. And Malachi delivered his message many years after the Israelites had rebuilt the temple in 515 B.C. And the prophet's concern mirrored those of Nehemiah, suggesting that Malachi prophesied to the people while Nehemiah left the city after several years, beginning Nehemiah had left the city in about 432 B.C. Malachi means messenger, so we don't know if that's actually his name or just a description of who he was. But Malachi means messenger. And this is the message that Malachi gave to give the nation hope as they waited. In Malachi chapter 4, verse 2, it says, But for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. This Son of Righteousness, is, it's like the, the sun in the sky, but it's really reflecting something else. It's, it's saying, think about something different. The sun isn't righteous so there's the son of righteousness s-o-n and it's pointing us forward to look for the righteous one who is jesus so malachi was providing hope for the present as well as for the future the one will bring healing to the nation and bring healing to the people a bit further on in malachi chapter 4 he says this see i will send the prophet elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the lord comes he will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents this points us to the prophet john 
who, as we read in the story, Elizabeth was pregnant with John, and John came earlier to prepare the people for the coming of the Messiah, for the coming of Jesus. So this is just a very small sample this morning of looking at the past to find hope. There's a sample of the prophets that the nations were reading and they were building their hope on. There is living with the expectation of God who is working and he is the one who gives us hope. So thinking of the past, hearing how God had provided and acted in the past gives hope for the future. Let me share very briefly a a personal story this morning. Our oldest daughter, when she was little, I was reminded of the story just yesterday. Uh, She was eating grapes. Now, we were bad parents, okay? You don't let your kids eat grapes and run around. Okay, so we'll just declare that. We didn't know that. That wasn't a thing. Like 35 years ago, that wasn't a big deal. Um, These days, it's like grandma's busy cutting the grapes long way. So the kids, you know, like we're not going to choke on this. We're going to be really careful. So anyway, our daughter was running around the house eating grapes. And she must have been, I think, just under two. Uh, and she came running into the living room, and you could, I could tell there was a bit of distress, and she had a grape lodged in her throat, and she couldn't breathe. Her lips were starting to turn blue, and she passed out, and we lived, we lived about tw- 20 minutes at best to the closest hospital, uh, so we were out in the country, and just the week before this, Brenda and I had read in the Reader's Digest how to do the Heimlich Maneuver on small children. So calling for help to the hospital was not an option. So Brenda, using what she had learned, was able to dislodge the grape. And at that moment, as I thought about it, it was like, you know, we could have lost our daughter right here, just right in that moment. And I don't believe in coincidence, and I believe that God had us read that article in the Reader's Digest so that we could save our daughter. And to me, it just is a picture of God providing a way out and preparing us for this time. And as I think about some of those experiences, and, and I could just share story after story with you today, and you could probably with me, about how God may have been reaching out. I talked to somebody this morning who's praying for their child, and they just said, here we had an answer to prayer. And, and I just hear these stories over and over, looking at the past and saying, God has been at work in the past. And it gives us hope for the future. And so we wait on him. There's also hope for the present. Let's go to the text for today. We have Mary, who's a young girl. She's likely between 14 and 16 years of age. In that culture, that's when you got married. She was engaged to be married to Joseph. And she has this visitation from an angel. At first glance, as you, you know, we often read this text every Christmas, and it's like, okay, yeah, oh yeah, it sounds, you know, yeah, that's what's happened. And it's pretty matter of fact. Uh, But there isn't a lot of emotion attached. And and I want to just put a little bit in there because it's important for us. As as the angel comes and she's like, okay, I recognize this is not a normal human male. This is an angel. And as he speaks, he's giving her a message that's just like out of this world. God is at work. This is what he's going to do. This is how he's going to do the work. And you can, you can imagine that when he says to her, who is, she's a, she's a virgin, she's, you know, looking forward to getting married to Joseph, it hasn't happened yet, and he, and he says to her, by the way, you're going to get pregnant, and she's probably thinking, yep, with Joseph, it's going to be awesome, and he says, oh, no, 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 it's going to happen in a different way. Like, to me, it would be, I, I would think that there's going to be like, huh? Uh, like, what? 
hold on a minute. And, and in her head, she's probably going, that sounds amazing, and it also sounds incredibly frightening. In the culture of the day, if you got pregnant before marriage, you could be put to death. That was the culture of the day. And yet the angel gives her words like, the Lord is with you. A protection. Next week we're going to actually look at Joseph and how he responds to this particular situation. And how God then has to speak to Joseph. But that's, that's next week. So come back next week if you want to hear it or listen online. So there's this protection that comes from God as well. So there's going to be these mixed emotions. I am favored of God. Wow, that is amazing. I'm going to get pregnant and it's not by Joseph. It's like, that's scary. There's this mixed feelings. So the angel's words about this special child would have brought her hope. And especially words like, look, look at this, let's just reflect on this. Look at Luke chapter 1, verses 32 and 33, where it says, this is the angel describing this baby. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. It's like you are going to have a son who is going to rule, who's going to be a king, who's going to be this amazing leader. And she's just, a, she's just a normal peasant girl. And she's getting this calling. So there's this hope for the present. And this hope is being revealed. Um, uh, the angel gives her a way of confirming God's work. He says to her, you may not believe me. And maybe the look on her face was, I don't believe you. But he said, no, no, think about this for a minute. Go to your... He doesn't say, it doesn't say in the text, go to, but he says, your cousin Elizabeth is pregnant and is going to have a special child as well. And Mary's going, my cousin Elizabeth is infertile. She cannot have children. They've never had kids. They're old. It's not going to happen. But the angel says, check it out. I'm going to give you hope. And hope is there's this thing that's coming. Luke chapter 1, 36 and 37 says, Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is uh, said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. When God says he's going to do something, he does it. That should give us hope. God, what have you said you're going to do? What have you said? And we can depend on you to do it. We can find hope in knowing that God acts when he says he will act. The hope was then presented. Throughout the New Testament, we have words that provide hope. Peter, a disciple of Jesus, writes to a, a church that is oppressed and suffering in the book of First and Second Peter. And in First Peter chapter 1, he says, Praise be... To the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. A living hope. This isn't something that was from the past. This is something in the present, and this is something that's going to be in the future. So do you see the hope in this text? He's writing to an oppressed church that's feeling like it's difficult, it's hard, and yet he starts with praise be to God. For what? For his mercy. 
for his mercy. For without his mercy, we don't have anything. His mercy leads us to our own new birth, new life that comes through Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you've never experienced that new life in Christ, it is for you. If you have, you know that it is for you. And I invite you to explore this new hope, this new life that God wants to give us and give to those around us. It comes through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. That hope is also our inheritance. There's a future that we're looking forward to that is not of this world. It's an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade. That tells me it's not about money. It's not about property. It's not about what you and I could possibly own or have. It is something far beyond that. And it's something only God can give us. There's the hope. And it leads us to this final hope, a hope for the future. The angel told Mary, his, in Luke 1.33, his kingdom will never end. Jesus began and established his kingdom when he was here on earth, and he gave that to his disciples and said, continue on to build the kingdom, to see the kingdom coming. And just watch it come, watch it explode, and we're seeing it all around the world. Understand there's like two billion people who would call themselves Jesus followers in our world today. You may look around in Saskatoon and North America and say, I don't see it here, and it's like it's not happening here. It's happening in Africa, and it's happening in South America, and we need to be praying, God, why isn't it happening here? And why do, what do I need to do, and what do I need to be part of to see this kingdom coming here and now, in my life and in the lives of others? So we're part of this kingdom work. This kingdom is coming, and we're part of it. Jesus gave them hope then, and he gives us hope now. In so many ways, there's promises of God. When I say when God says something, he's going to act. Let me just give you two very quick truths that I just, just literally came to mind as I thought of this. And I could have thought of a hundred more. One is found in Matthew eleven twenty eight, where Jesus said to people around him, he said, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Some of you who may be here this morning and you're like, I am that. I am feeling weary and burdened and distressed and anxious and fearful. And Jesus says to you this morning, I will give you rest. Just come to me, I'll give you rest. What a great truth for hope. The writer of Hebrews also reminds us that the promise given to the Israelites way back in the day of Moses is still true today where he says in Hebrews 13:5 never will i leave you never will i forsake you there's hope in our relationship with Jesus Christ when god acts and when he says something he will act Jesus wants to provide hope for you and i today Jesus wants to provide hope for you and I and this world for tomorrow. Not that things are going to get amazingly better in this world, but that we are prepared and thinking about how can we be the, building God's kingdom here in this time that we have, but also to know that Jesus is coming again. We can be sure of that. 
God has said it, and when he says something, he's going to act. Just as Israel waited, we, the followers of Jesus, called the church, gathered in his name and for his purpose, we wait with hope for his return, for the second advent. And it's not a waiting that says, we just wait and sit around. It's like, no, we wait and we actively participate in seeing the kingdom of God come. In our own lives and in the lives of others. As we close this morning, we're going to be doing communion in just a bit. But I want to ask you just some things to, for you to pray about and consider and, and, and look at this week. As we think about this text, and, and we've hardly dabbled in it. This morning, as you just take some time, even this week, to read through this again and go like, Lord, what does it look like for me to live for you? To find hope in you? What now? I want to ask you this morning, where are you experiencing hope? Where are you experiencing hope? Are you seeing it? Is there something that you've seen in the past that you can look back and go, I remember when God did this, and I have hope that God can continue to do the same thing. could be this morning, it, it's where do I need hope? Maybe you're feeling weary and worn and you need that rest that I just talked about. Where do you need hope? And can you find it in Christ? Will you turn to him? It says, come to me. So he wants us to come. He, the invitation is there. Jesus doesn't force himself on us. He doesn't demand of us. He just simply says, I am here. Would you come? And this morning, if that's you, you need hope. Jesus is saying to you, come to me. And we can just ask him. And he will provide us what we need. I also want you to think about what promises from God give you hope. As God gives you hope, and as you think about that, you think about, I, I'm feeling hopeful. Thank you for the reminder this morning, Pastor Reg. It's like, how can then you bring hope to others? How can you bring hope to others? There's so many ways that we can do it. I, I just love hearing stories of people reaching out in their neighborhoods and reaching out to their coworkers, And, and just, I, I hear that and I go, yes, this is building God's kingdom as we just reach out be active be proactive and don't just say God when I hope that you would start every day with the idea of like how am I going to bring hope to others today so this week you might write a reminder you know we have these amazing gadgets called phones that are really computers but I'm using mine in ways that are I just I find new ways to use it so I have a you know you have your reminders on your phone Everybody has that on their app. If you have a phone and it has reminders, put a reminder on your phone and set it just for a week. And in it, say, how am I going to bring hope today? And just to, So set it for 7 o'clock in the morning or whenever you're looking at. Just look at it and say, how am I going to bring somebody hope today? And walk into your day with that thought in mind. I'm here to bring hope. What's that going to look like? Who has God put in your life for such a time as this? I think in the newsletter I shared a story, and it's, it's a great story of somebody who's just bringing hope. Simple. One thing. It's not the end. It's, not, it's just a something. It's, it's an act 
active way of responding to what God is allowing us to do. And finally, I would say as we transition into communion, we also need to be those who live thankful lives. So we have hope in Christ. Are we thankful? And the, this morning it would be, are we thankful that God has provided to us in the death and resurrection of Jesus hope? He's provided that hope for us through the life of Christ and through his death and then through his new life that we can have. Join with me as we pray. Our Father, as, we, as we've looked at this text, as we looked at this concept of hope and we find it throughout your word that you are a God who brings hope. Lord, I pray this morning that you would bring hope to those in this room and those who are watching online today or into the future, that you would be their hope. Father, if they are feeling weary and worn, they would come to you and find rest. Lord, thank you that you have said, never will I leave you or forsake you. Lord, if there are those this morning who are feeling forsaken, may they hear this word that comes from you, that they are not forsaken, that you love them, that your son Jesus, who lives in this moment, intercedes on behalf of them before the Father. He came and he died and lived and lived again so that we can have hope. Thank you, God, for the hope that we have in your son, Jesus. We invite you to speak to us throughout this week. And Lord, as we take communion, we want to remind ourselves that it's not about what we do. Our, our activity is a response, God, to what you've already done. And may we do it with joy. For we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.